Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. Here's your host, Lillian Kerbick. And that was Will Romey, your other host and producer. So today we are going to, I have a pile of listener questions in my inbox. So I thought I would just try to answer as many as possible in this episode today. Um, And a lot of people's questions were kind of, how do I choose when presented with various options? So that's kind of the theme of today's episode is making financial choices. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's Seems actually like a theme. Yeah. yeah, that's maybe also just kind of the theme of Oh My Dollar. But <laughs> yeah, so our first question is from Maddie. Maddie says, I'm considering switching banks and using the multiple accounts method to keep track of saving and spending. I've been doing some research and speaking with my family and found out that I have access to join USAA. I knew you said there are lots of perks and was wondering what your main reasons for sticking with that bank are. I'm deciding between joining Ally Bank or USAA. Or maybe sticking to a brick-and-mortar bank, but dumping Wells Fargo. But I wanted to get your thoughts on USAA first. I checked out Simple and don't think it's for me in the long term. Whew, Maddie, you've done a lot of research. You've got a, you threw out a lot of bank names there. So I, less than kind of talking about the specific bank that I'm part of, which there most people don't have access to because it's only for folks that are military or um, their immediate family is military, I think that there's a lot of different things you should consider when you're looking for banks. So, you know, I hear credit union, I hear online bank, Ally is an online bank, I hear um, USAA, which is sort of both a credit union, but also an online bank. So it's a mix of the two. Mm -hmm. Um, Wells Fargo, which I I think most people know is a huge, uh, huge corporate bank. So there's a ton of different options out there. Oh, yeah. And they also mentioned Simple, which is an online bank that kind of has a different strategy for the way they deal with your money. Uh, Simple kind of builds budgeting into the actual bank itself. So there's a ton of different options that you can kind of look through and consider. And it really, like many things with money, it depends on what you personally want. So one of the first things to think about is, weirdly, your politics can really factor in how you're choosing a bank or if maybe you want a credit union. So a typical bank has shareholders, corporate shareholders, and those corporate shareholders are trying to make a profit. With a credit union, which come in a ton of different forms, there might be a large credit union like USAA kind of is, which is um, for members of the military and it's an international bank, or there can be ones that are only available to members of the teachers union in a specific small town. Oh, so really small. Okay. Yeah, they can get really small or really large. Most credit unions are networked with other credit unions or co-ops. And that can kind of, you can use that to leverage access to more things. There was a big kind of drive during the Occupy Wall Street moments of where people were trying to switch to credit unions in order to keep more of their money locally. One of the big arguments is that if you have a local small bank or a credit union, it's more likely that your money will stay in the local community. It's something like 70% of your dollar will stay in the local community as far as the 
the profits that the credit union makes as opposed to a large national company. Huh. So what what is a credit union? Uh, it is essentially kind of like a co-op. So rather than having corporate shareholders, it is a special type of bank that in many ways functions just the same as a regular bank, except that all of the shareholders are also members. So you'll always have to buy a share in it, which usually means you put $5 in a savings account uh, with the credit union. Um, one downside of credit unions is that sometimes they have less ability than other banks to do certain kinds of financial transactions. So often they will have a fiduciary kind of bank that they use for certain things. Um, mm -hmm. So like US Bank might actually have some fiduciary responsibilities for the credit union. Generally, as someone that just has an account with them and is only interacting with them for like, you know, a checking account and maybe a mortgage, there's not a ton that you'll notice out of this. But you can also vote as a shareholder, which just means as a you there might be some questions that come up to vote higher um, interest. <laughs> yeah. And you could also run to be on the nonprofit board of your credit union if you're a shareholder. So if you're a glutton for punishment who would love to be on a nonprofit board about finance, you might be able to do that on your credit union. <laughs> so there's a lot of really kind of cool things about different types of banks that may appeal to you. And there's a ton that you should consider. One of the first things is know your lifestyle. So if this isn't your first bank account, um, uh, but even if it is, you know a lot of factors about what you need. So a lot of people immediately default to location. They want a bank that's close to them, right? They don't want to have to drive across town in order to deposit their paycheck. Generally, on this show, we tend to emphasize that you should probably have as much on automatic transactions as possible, including direct deposits. Pretty great. But if for some reason you're still getting paid in a lot of cash and you're going to have a lot of cash deposits or, you know, you're just regularly going to have to go into the bank. So if you get paid by large check for some reason, mm -hmm. you often can't deposit those over the Internet. And so physical location might actually be a big consideration for you. It is something worth knowing. When you're looking at physical location, it's important to understand that banks close. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, so also make sure that you don't just pick the closest bank, but then that is closed on Fridays or something. <laughs> a lot of banks will have Saturday hours, and some, like the credit union that I'm a part of for my business account, actually has after-hours live teller ATMs. So you walk up and you okay. have a weird video feed of a teller located at a remote location, but it essentially allows you to have banking and until like 8 or 9 p.m. Huh. Um, and like they it. can do a bunch of things that you wouldn't be able to do through an ATM. Right, right. Will, have you actually been to a bank in a while? Yes. Um, so I use Advantis Credit Union, which is a small to medium-sized credit union here in Portland. Yeah, they're they're big enough. They have like a lot of locations, but they're not big enough that or not small enough that yeah. they, you know. Well, I wouldn't, like... I wouldn't say a lot exactly. It's, <laughs> it's definitely a bit of a bike ride over there. But I generally prefer to go to the bank versus using their phone application to deposit checks since I get paid with a fair amount of checks. Uh, just because there, there's always sort of an indeterminate delay between depositing the check and money showing up in your account and you're supposed to save it for 30 days. I find it takes a lot of the hassle out just to do it IRL. 
I almost never go to the bank. And this is partially because I've had this bank that is entirely on the internet since. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can't. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been, it's been my, it was my first bank. I got like my kid's savings account when I was like 10 there. And so I've just always been used to, even in the 90s, way before smartphones, I scanned my checks on a flatbed scanner cool. <laughs> and deposited online, which was actually really awesome. Um, but also you could mail them in in these special envelopes. Uh, so, you know, it, it really depends. Are you like Will? Do you prefer to go in IRL or do you, would you prefer to be able to do everything from home? It really depends. Some people, it, especially if you work in the service industry and you get paid in cash and you notice that you acquire it in a box and or spend it because you don't want to go into the bank, uh, <laughs> it might make sense to choose a location close to you. Another good reason to go to the bank this time of year is because it's like 90 degrees out today yeah. and it's always like... And they have free refreshments. Free, your credit union's only a website. No, no, my local credit union for my business account has like okay. coffee and tea and yeah, it's great. But I, but I mean the, the the air conditioning, if nothing else, is a is quite a draw for me these days. Will's suggestion is choose your bank based on the air conditioning. Exactly, the coldest bank, cold I, hard cash. I know someone who was really in t- into paying off his mortgage and would literally like collect cans, you know, and like get the reimbursement and then immediately go to his bank every day to pay down his mortgage, which mm-hmm. was some super. Cool. He, you know, he's like on a little bit on the um, obsessive side of the spectrum, but he paid off his mortgage mainly by like, you know, $20 at a time every single day. That's cool. I mean, that doesn't sound like the most effective way to do it, but that sounds like a way to get it done. He he also argued that he got a free cup of coffee every day. And so he was actually like saving $2, you know? Okay. Okay. I see it. And the, and the air conditioning dose. So when you're done researching air conditioning and beverage options for your bank, there's some other things you should consider that you might not have thought of. Okay. So one is, can you have multiple accounts for free? A lot of banks will let you have like small extra savings and checkings accounts. And we've talked before about how this can be a very good low-impact form of budgeting to essentially Mm -hmm. have one account that um, is kind of for your main expenses and then one is a spending account. Um, It's also really important if you only check your bank account balance as your way of budgeting and you want multiple accounts, it's also really important to check what their overdraft policy is. So ideally, you want to make sure that they have the ability to set up that checking account to have no overdraft so that instead of going into overdraft and charging you lots of fees, they will just reject your debit card if you don't have any money. Um, Uh, Okay. So, and I have overdraft and I have that overdraft go into my stupid mistakes fund, which is an extra account that I use. Um, And I really like the multiple accounts and that's mainly because I don't get charged. Yeah. Sometimes they'll charge you a straight up fee for accounts. So always make sure to ask that. But the other way that they can sneakily charge you fees is that they have a required minimum balance or number of transactions you have to do each month in order to avoid fees. Right. So it's quite common that you need to do eight debit card transactions a month or you need to have direct deposit set up for your account with like any sort of ACH direct deposit each month needs to be set up. Mm-hmm. Or you some m- kind of combination between the two. Yeah. I think I've seen. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of credit unions will have these kind of accounts that have a bunch of rules. It's really important that you know what those rules are and that you're comfortable with them. If your bank account is going to charge you $10 a month for a checking account, if you don't keep $2,000 a month of a minimum balance and you have never had $2,000 consistently in your account, it's probably not the right bank for you, right? 
Right. It's just going to suck your money away gradually. Yeah, because they'll just slowly charge you money. If you're looking to build credit and you have zero credit or low credit, you might want to shop around for a bank that also has a credit builder card. And we've talked about these secured credit cards in the past, but it's always um, if you've built a start to build a relationship with a bank, which I know sounds like weird and silly because I mean they're a bank. But (laughs) if you start to have a history with them, they're more likely to extend you things like credit builder cards. This is also important if you have zero credit and you're looking to get a mortgage with what is called manual underwriting. And we've talked about this before in the show, but if you have no credit, not if you have bad credit, but if you have no credit, but you've always been good at paying your bills on time and you've had steady employment, you can still get a mortgage extended to you. But you have to go through this slightly more laborious process called manual underwriting writing where you bring a giant stack of documents that says like i i am good at paying my bills on time please lend me six figures right so if you went into that with a bank you already have an existing relationship with i'm sure that would be an easier process yeah and um it's really important if you are considering doing that check to make sure the bank will even do manual underwriting so even if you're looking a couple years out in the future for maybe getting a mortgage if you know that you're not going to be building credit because you've chosen not to you want to live off the grid but you may want to get a mortgage, just ask if they do manual underwriting for mortgages when you're setting up the bank. Remember, they want to sell you a checking account, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to, you need to, you know, feel free to grill them, ask them questions that help you in the long term. You can always get a mortgage from a bank that you're not banking at, but if you're already in the position of kind of needing a little bit more handholding in order to qualify for a mortgage through manual underwriting, it's nice to have a relationship with them. Yeah, start schmoozing with the tellers. Another thing is to see if they will charge you for checks. So America, we still bizarrely mostly pay our rent by these weird little pieces of paper that we send through the mail, which is unlike almost every other country in the world. Checks are really expensive if you have to pay for them, and a lot of banks will give you a box for free. Weird random pro tip, they will usually let you pick what number you can start the checks with. Do not start at zero, as beautiful huh. as it might sound. Why? Because a lot of places, not that many take checks anymore, but because <laughs> of check fraud, they will view checks with a number below 100 as what are called starter checks, which are often the free checks that you get when you open, and you're considered a bad risk. Um, oh, huh. And so you can choose to start on any number. So just start on a weird random number if you want, like 1,068. As long as you're keeping relatively good records, you you know, it shouldn't be that confusing. You know, I actually just am about to use up my free box of checks from like three years ago. Oh, nice. Really, I only use them to pay rent and a couple bills. <laughs> yeah, I move so often that I, ha- I feel like I have to get new checks issued all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. <laughs> so... The other thing is they may not even allow you to have checks. So some of the internet-only banks will not allow you to write your own checks. This is important to investigate. Um, I had a friend who had an internet-only bank. I won't mention which one, but they essentially were shopping to rent a new apartment. Most landlords, especially in a competitive place like Portland, expect you to be able to write a check at the moment that you get offered for deposit and first month and Mm -hmm. last month's rent. And there's a limit on how much you can pull out in cash. Also, most landlords are skeeved out by you handing them envelopes full of cash. Oh, uh, no, that sounds <laughs> doesn't sound problematic to d- me. Depends on the landlord. Um, but they actually could only get a check issued from their bank. So automatic checks that they you know send through the mail where you input in, that's quite common with a lot of internet banks. But that was going to take seven to nine days to arrive. You can't 
wait for seven to nine days to have your first check uh, written for your landlord. So just be aware of that. If you have only an internet only bank, you may be in the position where they do not allow you to write checks. So it's an important thing to ask about. Is it true that you can write a check on anything? You can write a check on anything. All right. So so really, if you're going to be a really DIY about this, you could just get away with a stack of stack old newspapers or something yeah yeah um i actually you can buy if you if you want to go more professional than a stack of old newspapers <laughs> more um, professional than a stack of old newspapers okay <laughs> uh you can actually um get check writing um or check paper at like any office supply store and i actually print almost oh. all my checks on my home printer so then you can really even like personalize them and stuff yeah well and the main reason is because like i move all the time right <laughs> <laughs> and i just don't want like a huge stack of paper um and it's nice because it you know looks prettier and more official if you have people's the payee written on there more official than old newspaper You're yeah fancy <laughs> more official than old newspaper um but make sure they will accept checks that you've printed yourself because some banks will not some of the internet banks so huh. Definitely make sure to check. Another thing to look at is can you do transfers to other members for free and fast? So a lot of big banks now allow you to do transfers on your phone to other members that are instantaneous, you know, kind of like the Venmos and the Square Caches of the world. And that can be really awesome, especially if you have a partner that you're often sharing expenses or a roommate that you're sharing expenses with. No reason to go through a third-party app. You can actually just do it from um, inside of the bank. And that can be really awesome. It's a lot better than waiting for checks to clear. Right. And I know Venmo and apps in that generally charge around 3% with transactions. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So it can be really awesome to look for free or quick transfers between members. But, you know, make sure you have members you're going to be transferring to, right? It's, it doesn't do you any good if it's free transfers and there isn't actually another person that uses the app that you need to transfer money to. Right. Another thing that's really important to me, it may be important for you, is do they have a good app and website? I absolutely, I've been so used to online banking for a really long time, since way before smartphones, that I absolutely cannot stand it if my bank has a bad website or a bad app. To me, it's really important to be able to like easily reconcile my bank account transactions with my own budget mm-hmm. and not have my eyeballs bleed when I look at it. <laughs> I don't want it to be super cluttered. There's a number of things that can factor into it. You know, you just want to make sure that, like, if you are someone who's going to be doing a lot of banking on your phone, make sure that, like, their app works on your phone and doesn't suck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Most credit unions use the exact same technology. They all kind of have one piece of technology they use. So they're all going to be pretty similar level. So I think those are the kind of the main things. One of the last things a lot of people don't think about are these sign-up bonuses. So a lot of banks will give you a couple hundred bucks for signing up for an account. Sometimes they'll do That's hard to say no to. They'll an iPod, whatever. Always check the terms. You know, I might be actually about to move my business account from my credit union to a big bank. And for I'm, a free iPod? Uh, for $300, <laughs> which yeah, like I was like, mm. and they're really close to my house. Yeah, I got to wrestle over my own politics with that. But uh, they also, I know they have a nice app. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of reasons that you can kind of um, consider that. Some of those banks will also, in addition to the sign-up bonuses, they may do cash back. So some of them will do either cash back through like a weird internal rewards program or they'll do it through something that's, you know, a nice APR on your checking account. APR is annual percentage rate. 
which is essentially the interest that you get off your checking account. You're never going to get super great interest, just to be clear. Um, right now in this economy, there was a time when we got like 6% interest on our checking account. That time is 10, 10 to 15 years ago. So <laughs> not a thing anymore. Um, but um, you could check it out. Some, Especially some of the smaller banks will have some interesting ones where like up to $2,000, you'll get like a bonus on them. Some of the really large banks, if you have a large account balance, like over $10,000, you actually could get a couple hundred bucks a month off of um, off of just having your checking account be there. Oh, that's cool. So I think that about covers it. Essentially, it comes down to what you want. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the last things to know is that all banks should be FDIC insured. So your friend Steve's bank that he runs out of his uh, living room is probably not FDIC insured. But what FDIC insured means is that if the bank crashes and fails, like happened a ton in the 80s in what we call the savings and loan crisis, um, which is very centered around Texas. Essentially, if the bank fails, instead of having the bank runs that you see in the old movies from the 30s where everybody goes and tries to pull their money out before it's gone forever, (laughs) essentially the government tries to prevent that and they say, we will always insure up to $100,000 per account that um, you will get your money back from the government. And the government despite all of my problems with them at the moment, is very good at paying back their debts. So Right, because that, that seems like a big thing that's keeping uh, finance around. Yeah. <laughs> the dollar. So I think that about covers it. Any any other things we want to say about bank accounts? Uh, no, that's, that's a lot of useful information, though. I've been sort of passively considering switching banks, largely because my bank's app and website had like three days of downtime a while ago, which is pretty unacceptable. So, <laughs> some good things to think about. Yeah, that can be really important. I was in the situation where I, so I changed my name legally as an adult, but I'd been going by the name for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I had always endorsed my checks over to my other name if they had gotten improperly written yeah Um, yeah, because often the checks would be written to Lillian but actually my legal name was still the name I was born with and uh, I would just endorse the checks over I'm the same person it's you know it's essentially a doing business as (laughs) Lillian (laughs) before I legally changed it and um, I actually had a bank that uh, for the first time ever had like shut me down for doing that and they ended up locking up my account for several months I didn't have access to like five thousand dollars and uh, yeah, so that was really frustrating. Sounds like a good reason to switch. Yeah, I did switch. I think that wraps it for today. We have lots of lots of advice if you're struggling to figure out how to choose a bank, move banks. And I'd love to hear your stories about moving banks. Did your bank cut you off while you were located in Southeast Asia for three months to your money? <laughs> did you get overnighted a debit card in a foreign country? Did you have a bank steal money from you or charge you a bunch of overdraft fees? Or why you're with the bank you're with? Was yeah. Because they were next door or did you do your homework? Did you, do you love your bank or do you hate your bank? Or are you just kind of like, you are just, you're, you have one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> And that's, if you're that's me. <laughs> if you're a listener out there that does not have a bank, um, I would also really like to hear from you. I know there are people like that. Um, so yeah, I would love to hear kind of what your story is and if you think you'll ever come to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> that wraps our show for today. Our producer is Will Romy. Our intro music is by Aaron Parecki and your host has been Lillian Kerbink, your personal finance educator and host. Thanks for listening. And until next time, remember to manage your money so that it doesn't manage you.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.